When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. It is April 11th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content, brought to you by Bleacher Bunch Productions, part of the Fans First Network. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. Yesterday, the Cubs won 3-2 versus the Seattle Mariners. Drew Smiley took the bump versus Luis Castillo. Smiley was able to bounce back from some lackluster starts on the year to go five innings of one-run ball with seven strikeouts and only one walk. The only inning he struggled in was the fourth, in which he gave up a run on a double, a walk, and a sacrifice fly, but he was able to work out of the jam. Smiley apparently has a new go-to pitch, the knuckle curve. He threw it 39 times in this game, and he only threw 76 total pitches. In the fifth inning alone, Smiley threw 11 straight knuckle curveballs to strike out the first two batters, before throwing two sinkers and finishing off with, you guessed it, a knuckle curve to strike out the slide. It seems to be a pretty impressive pitch for him, and hey, if it's working, I'm not complaining. I just hope that when people start sitting and waiting on that knuckle curve, he has something else to get up there for strikes. As I said, the fourth inning was the only bad inning for Smiley, and it was also the only bad inning for Luis Castillo. The Cubs' offense was only able to score in the fourth. Hap walked to start the inning. He stole second base, and then he advanced to third on a throwing error by the catcher. Bellinger drove in Hap with a double, and then Mancini and Hosmer followed up with back-to-back singles to get Bellinger across the plate. They weren't able to break the game wide open, but at least they did take the lead. 
Castillo continued to pitch well and left the game after the sixth inning and only gave up the two runs while striking out five and walking two. Fortunately for him, the Mariners tied the game, so he got the no decision instead of the L. The rest of the game was a battle of the bullpens. Alzali looked good for an inning and a third before Ross pulled him when the Mariners brought in a left-handed pinch hitter. Al Leiter Jr. came in to face the lefty and ended up facing three lefty pinch hitters in a row before he got out of the inning unscathed. Fulmer entered in the ninth with a one-run lead for a save attempt. The second batter he faced, Jared Kalenic, took him deep to right field to tie the game and kill the save. Fulmer gave up another single before getting another strikeout, and then Gomes caught Colton Wong trying to steal second. This gave the Cubs three more outs to try and walk it off. But they didn't. It's clown ball, y'all. It's that time of the game where we decide that evenly matched teams battling it out isn't fun. So we put a runner on second to start the inning. Keegan Thompson entered for the 10th inning and took home the W, even though he walked two batters to load the bases, but was just good enough to get out of the inning on a bunt pop-out, a strikeout, and a weak rounder to third. It probably helped that the Mariners' Manfred man was their catcher, and catchers just aren't known for their speed. The Cubs got to put Madrigal out on second base as their Manfred man, and he is a bit faster. Than a catcher. He was able to steal third base right away to put himself in a position to score on anything. Barnhart struck out, but Nico Horner singled on a bloop to right field to walk off the Mariners with the 3 2 victory. It was a beautiful evening to catch a Cubs victory at Wrigley Field, and there were only 26,000 people there, so if you had wanted to go, you probably could have, which means I'm sure there's still tickets available for tonight. The Cubs will take on the Mariners at another 6.40 p.m. Chicago Standard Time, and it will be Chris Flexen for the Mariners facing off against Hayden Wesneski. Flexen has only seen five of this current Cubs roster, uh, Mancini has seen him the most with six at-bats. Nobody has a home run against him. Hosmer is hitting 400, Mancini 333, and Swanson is hitting 500. But the backup catchers, Barnhart and Torrens, are both hitting triple zips versus Flexen, so I'm sure Gomes is going to get this start. The Wes is a newbie to this game, and uh, he has never faced the Mariners or anybody who plays for the Mariners. Not a single batter has ever seen him. So I think that's going to be good news for Wisniewski. He did struggle in his last outing against the Reds, uh, where he only lasted 4.2 innings, and he got a no decision that night. Like I said earlier, if you plan to go to this game, you can probably still get tickets and you can probably get them cheap. Uh, it will be a beautiful night for a baseball game. It is supposed to hit 76 degrees in Chicago today. And uh, that means by game time, it'll probably be a nice 69 or so. If you're hoping for some sort of stadium giveaway, it's not happening. 
you will get nothing. And you'll like it. If you aren't going to the game and you're just going to be at home listening to it on the radio or watching it on TV, don't forget to visit the Sunranto Discord channel. Uh, we have the shank list over there. It is open to the public, even if you are not supporting us. Uh, the rest of Discord is only for Super Ranters who support us and you get access to all the different uh, little channels. Plus, we are probably going to be having a game watch later this week and you'll be able to get into that. So if you aren't taking advantage of all the different little Discord channels where you can talk to your fellow ranters, you know, Cubs fans that don't suck, then you really need to jump on there. And if you know anybody else who isn't giving us any money because whatever reason, tell them they could still come in and take part in the shank list during the games only. We'd love to see you there. But that's going to be it for me. Willie is waving me home. And until I see you next time, keep rounding those bases. Spug out! All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog -dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But Super Ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April 12th, 2023. And oh my God, did the Cubs come back from a 7 to nothing deficit to beat the Mariners for the second straight evening, 14 to 9 an eight-run third capped off, featuring, not capped off by, a uh, Nelly Flo Grand Slam completely bailed out Hayden Wisniewski, who unfortunately and frankly sucked.
Let me tell you how the third inning went because it was one of the most incredible innings I've ever witnessed with my own eyes in my life. Dansby Swanson singled. Ian Hat popped out. Then Trey Mancini homered in Swanson. Okay, so now it's actually 7-3. to three. So you're thinking, okay, well, the Cubs have a, a shot because in the second inning, Jan Gomes had singled in uh, Cody Bellinger. But here's how, here's how the third inning went. So Trey Mancini hits the home run. It's now 7-3. to three. Cody Bellinger singles. Patrick Wisdom walks. Then Eric Hosmer singled. Then Jan Gomes singled. Then, with the bases loaded, Nelson Velazquez with the score 7-2-4 at this point hits a home run, otherwise known as a grand slam, 8-7. to seven. And the crowd goes wild. Just incredible. Then Nico Horner was hit by a pitch, stole second base. Dansby Swanson singled. And then Ian Happ hit a ground rule double. Uh, Trey Mancini then lined out, and Cody Bellinger flew out. But at that point in the game, it is now 9-7, to and there was much rejoicing. What an inning for the Chicago Cubs just battling all the way back. Um, it, wow. I mean, just wow. If this is that kind of team with these kind of vibes, then you could you're it's going to be fine, people. It will be a little better than 500 maybe by the end of this. I mean, you know, you got your 81 and 81 prediction with a team like this, and then you look at a game like ten, last night's, and you're thinking, okay, this team could actually do more than they than people are giving them credit for. Like, I'm not saying it's all good. I'm not saying that, like, all oh, this two-win player situation is going to, like, bring you to the World Series, bring you to the mountaintop again. Not saying that. I'm just saying that the vibes and the flow was there, and thank God they actually brought Nelson Velasquez back to this baseball team, which a lot of fans, including me, have been clamoring for after watching the butchery that has been the position known as right field. Let's talk a little bad news first. Uh, man, we're all excited about Hayden Wisnasty, but he only went 1.1 inning, gave up seven runs, five hits, four walks, zero strikeouts, and that makes two bad starts for him. Um, and this is after uh, you had uh, T-Mac on the broadcast pumping up his faster four-seamer. Well, guess what? We only like the slider, and it goes a little slower, and that's fine. Why are you throwing that four-seamer? It's getting hit over the wall. This ain't spring training, Hayden. Um, but, hey, the pitching kind of bailed him out. Rucker came out for 2.2. Alzali was out there for Tiff. Had one inning. Merriweather had two. And overall, those guys in the back eight innings went uh, a combined two runs on four hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts. So you're going to take that any day of the week out of your bullpen. The bullpen is awesome. Uh, Kind of. Uh, Dansby Swanson, four hits in this game. Welcome to Chicago. And then he left with lower left side tightness. Maybe it's sympathy pain with his wife, Mallory. Very sad story there. She's out of the Women's World Cup, so that's terrible. Magical came in and played second, 
And then watching him play second base made you remember why he's a second baseman because it looked totally fine. <laughs> Third base looks weird. Magical at second. Works quite well. He even had a hit. Cubs overall had 18 hits, only four strikeouts, went nine for 16 in with runners in scoring position. And the only guy without a hit was Patrick Wisdom, who took two walks. So he'll take that any day of the week. The pitch clock did its job in this game because normally when you have a 14 to 9 game, that game's going to go about four or five hours. See, this is when you want the pitch clock. Okay. Now, uh, f- you, you do. Because otherwise, it, we would have been there. Well, I might still be there. It's it's seven thirty in the morning, the next day. But I might still be sitting in those stands, uh, if without a pitch clock. Three o two was the final. Uh, one hour of it was basically the third inning, and uh, wow, just I mean, what a game! I'm just I couldn't be happier with how that went. Uh, I and I'll be honest, me and my friend Alan. When the Cubs were down 7 nothing, we were looking at each other being like, well, we picked a hell of a game to be sitting down here for. These these were tickets I got for free from the Cubs uh, for going to that uh, hit the buds competition at Wrigley Field. They were giving out free tickets. And, uh, you know, th- I tell you, uh, if you're going to get free tickets to any game, this is the one to get them to. Because it was one of the – honestly, if the Cubs lose this game, you forget you forget everything that happened Uh that amazing third third inning, you're going to forget that. It's not going to go down in history. But right now, if the Cubs, and I told this to Cole Wright last night, saw him uh, on Ballhawk Corner. I said, you know, this is the kind of game that if the Cubs end up doing something magical this year, you're going to look all the way back to this game and say, this is when I knew it was for real. This is when I knew that this team of veterans, of professional ball players, definitely better than what we've seen the last couple of years when they've just been trotting out anybody. But this, they actually hired a baseball team to play baseball for them this year. And they know what they're doing. And so they know how to put together a rally like this. They've been around the block. And man, if they can, if this is the group of, you know, when the Cubs first won the World Series, I was like, you know, I, I always wanted some like ragtag group of, you know, last chance veterans to be the team to do it with a couple of you rookies that you never heard from again, but one of them won rookie of the year, like that kind of thing where you just had this healthy mix of players that made it happen. Well, this could be that team. The other, the other 2016 team was a a sure thing. (laughs) No, not really, but you know what I mean? This team, nobody's expecting anything out of, and uh, they may overperform. They've already won, Two of the first games against the, a pretty tough Mariners team, and they beat the Rangers 2-3, um, even though that last game was a disappointment. All losses are now disappointments. I mean, aren't, aren't all losses disappointments? Absolutely. But um, in years that you don't expect anything out of your team, uh, it's they're mostly expected and not as disappointing. Anyway, that was freaking awesome. I could see, hey, let's rattle off 20 wins in a row. Why the hell not? Bury the Cardinals. Bury them. They're having a terrible start to their year, so bury them. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Um, it was my first chance to see the lights flickering and flashing at Wrigley Field. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of the lights, even the ones that came out in 1988. You know, no lights at Wrigley. That's all day games. That's who I am. That's how it should be. I, 
if I have a choice to go to a day game or a night game, I will always go to the day game. But, uh, hey, that was pretty cool, though. I like that they turn on and off. I do feel bad for people who may suffer seizures by some things. Um, but, hey, you're at a ball game. They're turning the lights on and off. It's fun for everybody else. Um, close your eyes. I don't know what to tell you. It's cool. It's cool. It's freaking cool. I'm glad we're doing it. The vibes are there. It was awesome. Um, another thing I want to give some people advice on is that uh, my friend Alan uh, went down and tried to buy a water. Just a little seltzer water. Aha, I believe is the brand. Ahi, not sure. I don't buy that one. It's too expensive. But anyway, they wanted like eight bucks for it. And he goes, eight bucks? And uh, the guy behind the counter says, I'll give it to you for free if you tip me. <laughs> and so gave the guy five bucks and he got a quote unquote free water. Well, he saved three bucks. So just so you know, if you complain enough about the prices, the poor person making minimum wage behind the counter may just jeopardize that incredible job that they have, making minimum wage at Wrigley Field with no job security to uh, give you a $5 water <laughs> instead of an $8 water. So complain. Complain. It's the only way they know. It's how the players knew to win last night. Um, yeah, uh, the only, you know, I mentioned it before, but it really sucks that Dansby Swanson had four hits and then left with uh, lower left side tightness. So if I can't, uh, I can't stress enough how awesome it's been to have him on this team so far, um, despite that incredibly disappointing spring training. Um, it was freaking awesome. He's awesome. I hope he's okay. Lower left side tightness doesn't sound too serious. But, I mean, he came out and warmed up and then took himself out of the game. So this might be just more like, hey, you know, it's April. I'm feeling a little something. Let me get out of the game. So we're, we're going to take a look at it. I doubt he's in there today. So you're probably going to see Nick Madrigal at second base. But, hey, that's where he should be. But not really because Nico Horner plays there. Nico Horner ended up playing shortstop in this game, and um, he knows how to do that, so everybody's fine with it. Okay, today's game, Logan Gilbert, who's 0-1 with a 360 ERA, is uh, going out there versus Marcus Stroman, who has a 0 ERA, so he's yet to give up a run. Gilbert last year had a 320 earned run average, not too shabby, and 185.2 innings pitched also not too shabby, and this year he has 13 strikeouts in 10 innings pitched, so it sounds to me like the Cubs have their work cut out for them. Tucker Barnhart, Eric Hosmer, and Jan Gomes have a s seven total at-bats against Logan Gilbert. Uh, they have two hits and a walk between them, so not too bad. Stroh, he hasn't given up a run all year in two starts. Tommy Lastella has a home run off of him. But Colton Wong is 0 for 9. And besides that, there's not much to see. Uh, Eugenio Suarez has 14 plate appearances. He's 3 for 13. Lestella has three hits overall. And as I mentioned, one of those is a home run. But overall, the uh, Mariners that have seen him don't do all that well. Especially Colton Wong, who's 0 for 9 with 4Ks. Ha, ha, ha. So uh, the weather, absolutely freaking beautiful here in Chicago right now. It's going to hit the mid-70s. I'm going to this game with uh, quite 
a well-known Polish director who's now working at Trapdoor Theater for the next show that we're doing called Bowie in Warsaw. Looking forward to sitting with him at the game. Unfortunately, there's a pitch clock and in this game because I actually have uh, work to do during this game. I'm going to talk to this director named Pavel about uh, the play. And we won't have time to do it because I'll be watching the game. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it. There's your Cubs pod. Freaking awesome game last night. One for the books. One for the ages, I'll say. And uh, just freaking awesome. Let's hope we, this continues with the vibes and the lights and the everything. Well, not the lights today. It's a day game. But freaking loving everything that's going on right now. Feel great about everything. Uh, shout out to David and John, uh, who I spent last night with. Uh, just had a great time with those guys and um, that's it that's all I got to say about all of that freaking spagog y'all spoo-gog hey Cubs fans at amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff Support the Sun Ranto show by shopping through sunranto.com slash All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff. Head on over to sunranto.com slash And click any of our Amazon links before you buy your Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize if some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon. If you win, we'll send you more sunranto.com slash That address again is sunranto.com slash stuff. Hello, it is April 13th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod. Your daily dose of Cubs content brought to you by Bleacher Bunch Productions and the Fan First Network. After that amazing comeback on Tuesday night, powered by Nelly Flo's Grand Slam, Cubs fans everywhere were so excited. We were so looking forward to see what Nelson Velasquez had in store for us on Wednesday. Unfortunately, we would not find that out. Because in all the Cubs' infinite wisdom, they sat Nelson Velasquez on the bench and started uh, Miles Masterboni in right field. Because, I don't know. I, I have no idea. You got me. I know. That was like two seconds. Two of the longest seconds of your life just waiting for me to come back with some sort of answer. But there is none. There's no answer to why Nelson Velasquez had to sit on the bench the entire game. He never came in as a pinch hitter. He was never a defensive replacement. Nothing. They just didn't. They just decided that he didn't need to play today. 
Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's focus on who did play. Uh, Marcus Stroman entered this game with 12 straight scoreless innings. Really nice. And honestly, he continued that on Wednesday, except for the fact that, yes, he did give up a couple of runs. Literally only two runs, which is fine. If you have an offense that will score more than one run, which did not happen. The Cubs took the lead in the first inning. Uh, They were facing Logan Gilbert and Horner got a single right off the bat. Uh, Madrigal followed that up with a single. And then Bellinger hit a deep sack fly that scored Horner. Cubs up by one. But apparently, you know, they just figured that Marcus Stroman would just go forever without ever giving up a run. Because one run was all they were going to give him. Logan Gilbert was kind of making the guys look a little dumb. He had a high fastball, like literally high out of the zone, that was taking out a ton of these guys. Uh, You know, he mixed up his pitch as well. He was a good pitcher. But it was just, it was a lot of, I'm going to throw it up here way up high and on the inside part of the plate, but definitely right over the plate. And Cubs hitters just Loved it. It must have looked like the best thing ever because they were swinging and missing quite a bit. Stroman looked absolutely great for the first two innings. In the third, he got into some trouble, obviously gave up some hits, had a couple of walks, and it came back to bite him. Gave up two runs in that inning. Uh, it could have been really bad. Those The bases were loaded, and they could have really blown this game open but he handled it, got out of the jam, and then came back for the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings and pitched really well. He had six strikeouts over his six innings. And honestly, like I was watching the game, and he's just, he's not an overpowering pitcher, but he's a pitcher. He's like really good at working the ball in, out, you know, mixing up his pitches. I don't know. He didn't look rattled out there at all. I thought it was a really good game other than obviously the third inning. That's the only spot where he kind of failed and that's all they needed. They needed two runs and that was going to beat him, which is ridiculous. Stroman ended up uh, throwing 98 pitches and left after the sixth. Gilbert stuck around a little bit longer. He made it into the seventh and then they pulled him. Boxberger in the seventh, he gave up two hits and a walk uh, that led to a run, you know, gave him one more run there. It just wasn't great, but it was way better than Merriweather who would come in in the eighth inning. Holy cow. So the first batter Merriweather faced was Tiascar Hernandez and Hernandez just straight up crushed a ball, blasted it all the way up deep into the left field bleachers off the scoreboard. Um, but you know what? Hey, we've seen that before. It was an amazing home run, but we've seen other people do that. The next batter, Jared Kalanick, who obviously loves hitting at Wrigley Field because this is the third game he's played there this year, and he's hit a home run in each one. Well, Kalanick did something that I don't think I've ever seen, not while it was happening at least, maybe some highlights somewhere I've seen it, but Kellenick hit a ball straight dead set dead center field into the second level of the bleachers. The second level 
of the bleachers in center field. Oh my God. It was huge. Uh, Statcast put it at 482 feet. It's the longest home run in Mariners history. It was kind of insane. Uh, but you know what? It wasn't so insane that the Mariners broadcasters needed to lose their damn minds the way they did for both of these home runs. Look, uh, as you know, I don't have marquee. I was looking for the game and I found it. Only Mariners broadcasts were provided. So that's what I was watching. And these guys just lost their minds. And I'm not against guys getting excited over big home runs or big hits, big plays in a game, but it's more of a, they knew it was a home run and it felt like a rehearsed call. Like that's sort of the problem. It was an, if the ball had landed in the basket, like it would have been the same call. It feels like maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on it because I was angry about Merriweather giving up such ridiculous meatballs out there for these guys to hit. I don't know. It, it sure felt like a lot to me. I guess that's all I can really say about it. The Cubs offense, on the other hand, did not take advantage of this beautiful April weather to crush some baseballs like the Mariners did. Uh, Bellinger in the ninth inning, though, he did hit a home run. Got out there. It was a solo shot. You know, good for Bellinger. I'm happy he hit it. Uh, it wasn't nearly as impressive as the other two home runs we saw. But, hey, home run's a home run. I like it. Nobody else did anything. Cubs lose 5-2. to two. Stroman takes the loss despite, you know, actually pitching really well. And Nelson Velasquez got to ride the pine because he was good, I guess. Despite some of the front office's odd choices on how they're going to play this particular game, they did have a win on Wednesday, and Cubs fans really had a win on Wednesday because Ian Happ signed a three-year extension. Yes, who knew? And this is more of a real extension, not like the one extra year we're getting of Nico Horner, but it is still the same timeline. You know, it's like they have this three-year plan and that's all they're willing to do. I was a little surprised Ian Happ decided to do this, but hey, you know, he's going to make a lot of money on this contract regardless. Hopefully he will still get another chance at a big payday when this contract is over at age uh, 31. Anyway, the the contract is actually starts next year. Um, he's still playing on a contract right now. So it won't actually, it's not like a buyout sort of thing that they did with uh, with Horner where they bought out two years and then gave him one year. No, they're giving him a full three extra years. Starts next year, it's $20 million in 2024, $20 million in 2025, and $18 million in 2026, but he also gets a $3 million uh, signing bonus. So overall, it's a $61 million deal over three years. He also has a full no trade clause. Uh, I kind of wondered about that. It's like, ah, oh, you sign him right now, get him three years and then trade him because other people would be willing to take that. But no, he's got a full no trade clause. So apparently he's going to be here for the next three years. Now, another thing in the contract that I thought was interesting, uh, apparently it's written out that he has to get a suite when they're on the road. And it makes me wonder if, does he want that suite? Because he needs the extra room and a couch and a little bit of space to set up so that he can continue to do his podcast. 
That's what I think. I think when he's on the road previously, he'd have to like, I don't know, go in the closet and, you know, tell Andrew Chafin to quit throwing empty beer cans around the room. I don't know. So now he's got his suite. So he's going to have room for his podcast equipment and all that stuff. So like I said before, the Cubs are not playing today. They play Friday night. They're going all the way out to Los Angeles. Uh, it will be Justin Steele facing off against Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Syndergaard still has some of the worst hair I've ever seen on a pitcher. And that's saying a lot because pitchers have some really bad hair. Um, the matchups here, though, we have, let's see, Steele has faced uh, like eight of these guys. Only two guys have gotten hits off of him. So they have a uh, Rojas and Smith have 333 averages, and it's because they have one hit in three at bats. That's the most anybody has seen Steele. So there's not really a lot to talk about there. Uh, Syndergaard, on the other hand, going up against the Cubs, Barnhart, Bellinger, Gomes, and Mancini have all seen him, and none of them have any hits off of Syndergaard. Uh, Hap has two at bats. He's got one home run in those at bats, and he's hitting 500. Hosmer uh, has seen him 10 times, and he's hitting 200. So, you know, that's what, two hits? Uh, then you got Swanson, who's seen him 18 times. He's hitting 444. He does not have any home runs, but that's pretty good of course that is if Swanson is ready to play I think he's going to be but maybe not maybe the injury is just a little bit of a chance for him to catch his breath and just get used to the fact that like Mallory is hurt uh, that's very stressful it says that he left with side tightness but he's also you know claimed that he's very exhausted and probably for good reason he's stressed constantly over Mallory being injured. I mean, I, I know I would be for my wife. So I totally understand that. And so maybe he's day to day and he's not with the team until, uh, I don't know, Sunday or San Diego. I don't know. That game will get started at nine ten Chicago standard time. We are actually thinking about doing a uh, game watch on Discord for the Patreon people. We will have the game on the screen so you can watch it and we can talk about what's going on. Now, I know a lot of times we have some people who are listening to the game or watching the game on a different thing and they're way ahead of us. Uh, maybe this time we actually all just watch it on Discord. So when we talk about things, we're talking about the exact same thing versus... Somebody's like, oh, no, and I'm still two minutes away from seeing whatever is about to happen because that's how Discord works, and I don't have, it's just too long. I don't know, but regardless of whether you're two minutes ahead, two minutes behind, whatever, we have a great time over on Discord, so hope to see you there Friday night, do a game watch, but until then, hey, keep rounding those bases, and I am out at home. Spug on!